Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of Greek Burrito. We are a weekly video game, movie and entertainment podcast hitting you live, almost, uh, from sunny old England. I am Jordan. And I'm Harrison. And today we're chatting to some very special guests about being armpit deep in video game collecting. Play that intro. Ooh, Harrison, how are you, old chap? Uh, I'm pretty damn good, to be honest. I just, like, threw my dinner down myself in, like, five seconds in preparation to get this episode out of the way. Like, literally down the front of you? Yeah, most of it in your mouth? In the beard, in the hair, it's everywhere. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Haz is the only man I've ever seen host a Call of Duty Rust 1v1 and commentate two fighters both called Ryan. Uh, Yes, it was the Ryan off of 2020, wasn't it? It uh, It was a harsh bout, but eventually Ryan did come out on top, which was nice to see. Pixie got his ass absolutely kicked. And everyone donated money, which was nice. Ryan on top and Ryan below. Ah, the double top Ryan. (laughs) And speaking of Ryans, who do we have on today, Harrison? So today, my sweet burrito bro, we have John and Ryan joining us from the Game Deflators podcast. Please, guys, introduce yourselves for us. Uh, Thanks for having us, guys. So uh, my name's John. I am one of the hosts of the Game Deflators podcast. Uh, Ryan, you want to tell them what we do? Hey, everybody. I'm Ryan of the Game Deflators podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we like to talk about games that we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and then we do uh, a review of a game, not so much how good it is, but just play it and see if it's worth adding to your collection. So typically Ryan's a little more excited where he says games we've currently picked up, games we're currently playing, well, and I'm, of I'm course our inflation to, deflation challenge. All here, <laughs> no, you, you're allowed to push it or you can push it at the end. You know, I actually really like your intro. Whenever oh, really? you do it, I always like nod my head with games who did it, games who did it. It's like, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I could do it again. Do it do it again. Yeah, I, th- I on, think you me. should. Hit me. So, everybody, here on the Greek Burrito Podcast, we are talking to us today where we usually like to talk about the games that we've recently picked up, the games that we're currently playing, and then we go into some sort of long-winded bout about the Inflation Deflation Challenge. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Gotta get all that rhythm in there. I, I know, love yeah. it. So, before we begin... I would like to invite you all to play a game of Gwack. Mm. That's games unsuitably accurately characterized. I just yes. heard the recent one, and if you try to pull another Burnout or Animal Crossing, whatever it is on us from that last episode, <laughs> I'm going to be pissed. That was hard, I know. <laughs> that was a we hard one, We shall yeah. soon see. Do you know what would be really helpful? It'd help if I had the document open. It really would. <laughs> I'll explain that. Well, I'll explain what Gwack <laughs> is to the listeners in case this is their first episode while you get your document okay. open. So, it is ready, but go. Oh, okay. <laughs> So let me sit you down with a whiskey and an explanation. Gwack is a game where Jordan takes a game and describes it badly, but totally accurately. And us being the game-obsessed youth of yesterday, we pull all the knowledge beans together to come up and deduce what game he's actually talking about. So the example we always give, as you guys will have heard on the last episode, is Abe's Odyssey. So this is a game about a cleaner who, unsatisfied with the selection of snacks provided, is forced to adventure and find better snacks. Are you up to the task, my gents? Uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. no. <laughs> We're going. Leaving. Leaving. We're done. I've no always more. wanted to play this. Uh, yeah. I'm... I don't know what a game is. Okay, Jordan, <laughs> we're ready for you. <laughs> okay, so this game is about handfuls of friends from different backgrounds playing a lethal game of rock, paper, scissors and trying to come out on top. Some take a calculated approach, some throw whatever angles they can, and others rely on skills to take the advantage. Ooh, damn. Geometry When you, when you said handful That's first, I was just straight away thought leisure suit Larry. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. They did say scissoring. 
He did, yeah. To be yeah, fair. he did, yeah. <laughs> I have to slap an 18 on this episode straight away. <laughs> and jobs and scissors. I didn't, no matter what I thought when I was writing this, yeah. I did not at any point think it had turned into you guys think it was Leisure Suit Larry. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm going to oh, say wow. Geometry Wars would be my guess. Okay. Sadly not. I, I know, I'm sure it's not. You said Friends. This is an RPG. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> my mind went to Geometry Wars first, too. Is it some kind of adventure game? It's not Snipperclips, and it... Uh, I guess it could count as kind of an adventure game, I guess. Okay. Like, with the point you, you click, like, all the options, use all the different inventory items? It's not that kind of oh, game, okay. no. So it's uh, has us for a clue. So there are four different factions within the game. Four different factions? Can you repeat the... Uh... The terrible description? Yeah. Can you use it in <laughs> I think a you'll sense. find it's an amazing description. <laughs> <laughs> Handfuls of friends from different backgrounds play a lethal game of rock, paper, scissors to try and come out on top. Some take a calculated approach, some throw whatever angles they can, and others rely on their skills to take the advantage. Is angles some like weird extra uh, clue that's in there? Is it rust? Uh, it's not rust. It is um Is it is it like kind a of it can Starcraft or Warcraft? It's not, unfortunately. Do you want the last clue, which yes. is definitely going to give it away? Yeah, yes. It's all about honor. For honor. Is it for honor? It is for oh, honor. There you go. That <laughs> definitely gave it away. Oh, <laughs> well, it's the last clue. It has the word in the title. <laughs> well, I know, but I've got to like give some kind of... I can't have it every episode where I just like no one wins. Yeah, to, yeah, to be fair, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah, I've got I a good story of for honor. Yeah, it's... I, I feel like that was accurate enough. Uh, we should have. Tr- I was going to use that one for Kitty's episode, but I yeah. thought he'll definitely get it because it, it was an episode about For Honor. Yeah, so he would have got that. that one. Sure. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's the episode of Guac. I Gwack. hope you all enjoyed. We lose. I mean, I don't know if you guys lost. Ryan, did you say For Honor? Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I, I had a story of For Honor. It's a giant letdown in my gaming career. Oh, wow. Okay. Really? Tell us why. So I'm notorious for not finishing games. So I got for honor, installed it, did like the first tutorial mission, and then never played it again. Does that even count? Does that even count? I guess it's not really a game you can finish, though, is it? It's like it's like Call of Duty. You can there's no real campaign about it. There is, but it's not really a campaign in front. Yeah, it's about the online play. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Ryan's notorious for not finishing games anyway, so... Yeah, there was no I'm way I was going to guess that it was For Honor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely fine. That's the point of the game, strangely enough. But anyway, today we're talking about video games, yep. obviously, yep. but in this instance, we're talking about collecting them. Mm-hmm. So, the first question I have for everyone is, what is the first video game collectible you've ever got? I'm going to push this over to the guests first. Ryan, why don't you start us off? The first video game collectible that i ever got gosh i or like collect collector's edition yeah, or i'm trying to action think figure, back. something maybe maybe it was resident evil 4 the tin okay. case edition not like the one that came with the awesome chainsaw that, i was, that was just gonna amazing. ask about the chainsaw that was so yeah. cool i know i that's like one of my favorite games ever i can't remember Another a collector's edition I might have gotten before that. Maybe Final Fantasy twelve collector's edition with like the stylish collector's edition guidebook too. 
I don't okay. know. So I'm noticing these are later games then. So did you start collecting later on? Well, I'm not even a big collector myself. I kind of tag along with John and his collection nowadays. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm kind of the the you know the guy that learns about with the audience about the collecting and stuff on our show more. So I don't have a ton of he collection d- stuff, but I do have some that I really like, like the uh, Grand Theft Auto 4 Collector's Edition came with this like lockbox and a tote bag, and I use those all the time. <laughs> awesome. So you got like functional collectible as well. Yeah, I kind of prefer uh, that. I think, I think I'm with you there. If it's actually got some use to it, instead of just sitting there gathering dust, that's that's what I like. Yeah, all I'm saying is, Jordan, that... you could wear your Fallout helmet in any occasion you want around Tesco, <laughs> but you don't do it. I could wear I could wear the T51B Power Armor helmet. I could, but I I actually have the Destiny Two Collector's Edition, which I got super cheap, and I've never used the bag for it. Oh really? I probably should. You should, dude. I should. It's just not massively fun. It's it's functional, but a standard rucksack is just better. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's not it's not like yeah. the letdown of the fallout 76 bag right i i actually got mine eventually it only took them like six months oh really really oh we, was it worth the wait we, we cr- <laughs> it was it's i don't know what it's a canvas bag dude i don't know what to tell you <laughs> i mean we uh we ragged all on that game for what like four or five months ryan oh fallout we got 76. so much content out of fallout 76 oh it was so out of the whole Fallout series, we've had so much content. It's just, it's kind of, uh, it writes itself, right? It, it's so bad that you, you have to talk about it. It's kind of like the yeah, PS5 yeah. and Xbox releases and all the discussions on that. I think Ryan and I had probably had six months of content on the PS5 alone already, and the console's not even out. Yeah, well, there's plenty <laughs> uh, you can find about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. It's going to keep you busy for quite a while then. Yeah. It, what about yeah, you, John? What was your first? So, when you say collectible, are we talking piece of memorabilia? Are we talking a game that we would find to be collectible? What are your parameters here? Whatever you want. Whatever I want. Okay. We're easy like a Sunday morning. Uh, well, those are kind of difficult, <laughs> so I'm not sure. Okay. Well, morning for them, Harrison. Yeah, yeah that's true. I got my beer here as well. Uh, so, <laughs> yes, right? So, for me, I would probably say my first physical collectible would have been uh, through Club Nintendo. They had a statue for Luigi's Mansion when it was released on the 3DS. So that was, I think it was limited to 5,000 or so. Uh, We used to go through, or I did, I would go to like EB Games and GameStop and anywhere I could to collect the the codes, you know, that were in the back of the games. And all of the local reps would say, oh yeah, go ahead, you could take them if you want. So I'd leave game stores with stacks of these codes and I would just input them into Club Nintendo having never purchased the games. And I don't remember how many <laughs> I don't remember how many points it was, but it was quite a lot. And I ended up getting it. It helped that I worked at a game store as well. So oh, whenever cool. yeah, so whenever Wii games and Wii U games came in, I would just take the codes out right away and put them into my account. So it wasn't an issue. I mean, they were all used games anyways. Uh, so uh, that was, was never say, a problem. That was a shady deal. <laughs> yeah, right? Super shady deal. No, any time a used game came in. I mean, sometimes you'd have codes that were already used. Uh, other times they weren't. So it was more of a, a hit or miss. But that was my first like physical collectible. Um, prior to that, though, I would say my collectible, right? One that's not necessarily uh, memorabilia would be uh, my complete in-box Donkey Kong uh, for the Super Nintendo, uh, the console itself. So it's uh, got Diddy oh, Kong and Donkey oh, wow. Kong in the front. So it's the full Super Nintendo box. That's probably my, my biggest collectible I've picked up over the years and uh, probably the most 
the one that kind of sticks to me the most. I've got Donkey Kong all over the game room here. All oh, right, so is he one of your favorite franchises then? Oh, 100%, yeah. I've beat Big every Donkey Kong. Yep. Huge fan of DK. DK, obviously, standing for, for Drift King. Drift King. Yes, watched, uh... yes exactly. Uh, Need for Speed is quite possibly the best series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So when was it? Oh, sorry, Harrison, actually. Uh, obviously, you're going to be jealous of the Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, thing, straight, straight away, up. I'm jealous of that, yeah. I've, uh, I've been admiring one of the first four figures uh, Luigi once they did for Luigi's Mansion 3 currently. My first collectible might have been... I had the gold cartridge of The Adventures of Link, sorry, for the NES, or the NES for you guys. Uh, and then I had a Link figure that came with... I, got, I ordered it from the back of a Nintendo magazine. But I, I straight away took that out of the packet. It didn't stay as a collectible for very long. I've still got it somewhere, yeah. actually. I'm immediately That's... jealous about that one. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, we've got a lot of Zelda stuff in our house. We've got, we've got a proper Master Sword. We've got a wooden Majora's Mask. We've got, uh, there's absolutely loads. <laughs> It's really weird, isn't it, being a kid? Because everything's just a toy, yeah. no matter how collectible it is. The amount of money I must have thrown away by opening all this shit. Oh, yeah, definitely. Wait, you mean oh, you well. actually grew up and you're not a kid still? Uh, <laughs> Technically, I think. Wait, how old are you guys? <laughs> 30. Uh, Ryan, I think you're the same age as me, right? So yeah. I'm 30. Uh, my birthday is next month. So if you guys want to send Zelda memorabilia down to Arizona, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> yeah, sure, man. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm 25, so I'm the youngest still. So, yeah, yeah. I'm 20. I don't know if I'm 28 or 29 in August. I can't remember. It's one of the two. <laughs> Love it. Oh, I've got a very quick question, by the way, because obviously knowing you guys are from Arizona, have you guys played Arizona Sunshine? No. You know what? I actually just bought it. Ah, uh, no, Ryan, you can't speak so soon. I actually purchased it recently, but I don't have VR, so I'm prepping in advance. Oh right. Yeah. Ah, right. Okay, that's yeah. fair enough. John's I was going to say, is it accurate? VR. Uh, I'm not sure if it's accurate, but it's got zombies and it's supposed to be hot, so I guess that's close. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. You've yeah. you pretty much nailed it there. There's no need to play it now. Uh, Arizona's a beautiful place, dude. Oh, yeah. No, it's great. We actually uh, have a friend that's actually... Uh, Ryan, do you remember where Joseph's from? I know he's uh, from England, but I don't know which part. He's out, which oh. is probably the worst description I could ever say, and it's going to insult many, but he's from the countryside. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of that here. <laughs> Yeah, there yeah. is. So, uh, he's always driving, I don't remember too. where he's from. He's a driver, so he's always sending us pictures from different places, so it's hard to remember where he's from. Different oh, countrysides. Yeah, yeah countrysides. He, he's in a cottage with some sheep, and he drives a truck, so that gives you a, a so very... Welsh. Yeah, yeah could oh, be Welsh. Actually, yeah, actually, maybe. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I haven't been to England. So that, that description was like saying going to Wisconsin and saying, you know, you're near cornfields. Like it could be any fucking state anywhere there. It's <laughs> that, all fucking That is corn. a wrong. That's a wrong state, sir. Wisconsin that has is milk cheese. and cheese. Milk and cheese. Well, they don't have cheese field. No, you they don't have grow well, cheese. I wish they had cheese fields. <laughs> I mean, that'd be great. I mean, everyone fucking wants cheese fields. I would live in Wisconsin and die fat. Yeah, but I think this is the most derailed we've ever got talking yeah. about subject. Yeah. How did we and get I into love cheese? It so, so much. Uh, oh, God, well, I have no idea. Well, how did we get into cornfields in Wisconsin is what I question. You guys got to yeah, come well, to the States. That was me. So, oh, so this is all my fault. That's what I was saying. You come onto our podcast and then you blame me for fucking talking <laughs> hey, about cheese. <laughs> you can't blame the guests. We can say whatever we want and get away with it. I mean, we point. can turn it into a cheese cast. I love cheese. I'm just going to edit all this bit out and it'll just be you going, I love cheese. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Um, so, sorry to br 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 drag us back on track. I think my first was probably the Hitman Blood Money Steel Tin. Okay. Or, or I feel like there was something else. I, oh, no. Did it come with a bald uh, Game cap? Boy... 
<laughs> I wish one of the one of the additions came with one of the silk ties. Ooh. Oh, really? I remember that. No. Yeah, because there used to be a game shop in Mapsfield <clears throat> called uh, Bits and Pieces. Oh, I remember. And it. any of the stock that was left over, because I knew the owner, I'd just be like, "Hey, can I buy whatever collectible stuff there is left?" And he'd be like, "Yeah, just give us a fiver." <laughs> Sick. <laughs> so five pounds. Oh, I missed that. That's but yeah, so it was either that. Oh, it really is. Either that or it'll be the yellow Pikachu uh, Game Boy Color. Ooh, oh, yeah. With yeah. All, the, all the stuff all over it. All the little scribblings of Pikachu. I love that <laughs> the one. Scribblings of a madman. <laughs> the scrollings of a madman. It was actually so hit when, with a lightning bolt. Yeah. It might actually, but that would explain a lot. <laughs> so when did you guys actually start collecting then? So I know you said John kind of started collecting more and you don't have many ryan but did was there a certain point where you looked at things and were just like i'm gonna start getting more of this i need that shit i need well, all uh, that shit usually for me it comes <laughs> up with like uh like i like a special edition console that's something that i like like i've got the god of war psp we got our hands on one of the kingdom hearts ps4s i've got the star wars 360 so if, if I'm going to invest in something that's a collectible, that's usually, like I said, I prefer it to be something that's more functional. And then I kind of, yeah. I never finish games very often. So like going for like the extra price to get like the DLC and the season pass, like I've never done a season pass because it's just like, those usually aren't the games that I wind up playing. So most of what makes a collector's edition now, you know, like the seven different packages that you can buy for the new Assassin's Creed kind of <laughs> almost pushes me away more from collector's editions. Unless you do it like John gets all that. the like uh, limited run game stuff or like the big box collectors that come with like the the BB from... Uh, Death Stranding. Death Stranding. Yeah, yeah. Like oh, I those wanted are the Death Stranding impressive. PlayStation 4 so badly. Yeah. I wanted that so bad. Uh, I don't know if Amazon UK or, or whatever is used over there has it, but I picked up my Death Stranding Collector's Edition recently for $80 uh, US. Wow. That's really interesting. Harrison, take over the episode. I'm definitely not on Amazon. I <laughs> <laughs> can get one right now. <laughs> yeah, they still they still had them available actually when I was looking. Uh, you might actually be able to. Uh, Amazon has a setting, by the way. If you go to the bottom and set your country of origin as the U.S., you could typically order things from out of the states and have it imported in. Oh right, that's going to cost an absolute fortune. Yeah, you'll probably get customs yeah. charges, won't you? Customs charges, oh, yeah. shipping. England's awful. I mean, shipping in general overseas is not good. <laughs> it's just an expensive hobby, isn't it? <clears throat> it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well. That's the risk you have to take. Yeah, that's the other thing that kind of pushes me away is I don't have, I don't always have the currency to be picking up collector's editions. So I usually just kind of cheap mm -hmm. out and get whatever you can. Like I'm not afraid to get a, a digital version of a game because it's available. Like uh, sometimes I find it just more convenient to not have to worry about a collector's edition above a regular edition. Because usually it's just I'm going to play what I'm going to play and they don't always have that availability and the price is usually a little bit not worth it for me. Yeah, I get you. So, like, I'm guessing that you play most of your collection then. Because I know there's, there's few people who buy games, collect them, keep them in the box, don't take them out, don't play them. Are you very much someone who will get them to actually experience the game then? And do you buy a separate standard edition to play and keep the other special version sealed? 
Uh, well, uh, I, I can answer that one. Uh, hell no. So I, uh, <laughs> I am a cheap. Nearly made me spit out my bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a cheapskate. So I have one uh, that I picked up a long time ago. It's the Tales of Symphonia uh, Collector's Edition on PS3. Oh, yeah. So I picked that one up, and that is still sealed. Um, now. I knew that would go down in price over time, though, being a PS3 game. So I've recently, in a, a large collection, I picked up, because um, I do a lot of lot pickups. So mm-hmm. I recently picked up probably a six or $7,000 uh, collection uh, that I picked up over here. And I got it for maybe 25% of the overall retail cost. Uh, so I've been wow. going through that. And within that, there was the Tales of Symphonia, uh, which now means I don't have to open up my, my collector's edition. So. I do like to open up my collector's editions personally and uh, play the games. So my Sekido Shadows Die Twice, I've got the statue on uh, my entertainment center, which I think I sent that in the chat that we had earlier. Last of Us 2, same thing. Uh, I got the collector's edition for that. Statue is sitting out, and I just beat the game recently. Uh, Two days ago, as a matter of fact. I am so close to finishing it. I, I, I stopped playing it just before this episode. I like... I, I'm so. I think I'm so close to the end. What part are you at? I. There are two people in. Uh, is it California? There are two people in California, and that's. I'll leave it at that. Okay, so you have probably another hour and a half, two hours, depending on how much you do. I thought I finished the game. I thought I was right <laughs> at the end, and I was like, that was a decent-sized game. And then it was like, no, 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 there's another half the game to play yet. It's like Lord of the like, Rings, what? right? It's like the third Lord of the Rings. <laughs> we just talked about this yesterday. I think I'm done. No, you're not. Yeah, yeah, we had just talked about it in our episode yesterday, and we recorded, and uh, yeah, there's a lot, of ep- a lot of endings, but you know what? At the end of the day, the flashbacks that you will see throughout it, not to spoil anything, but a lot of flashbacks you'll see will seal up a lot of whole plot holes that you may have had, and it's well worth it, I feel. Oh, man, I love this game. It's so good. Yeah, it's, it's yeah I don't... Right. like, resoundingly positive from everywhere that I've heard so far. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of negative press because people don't like equality between... Yeah, right, no, let's not yeah, get let's into not this. Get down let's that not hole. do this. Right, <laughs> let's not go down that hole. You can catch um, so episode 86 of the Game of Flares podcast and hear all about the equality situation on there that. There you go, there you go. Yeah. That's a plug. We'll be <laughs> that's, a, that's a perfect plug. Oh, hold on, hold on. I, I didn't tell you when I started collecting. Oh, yes, tell exactly. You, you can't skip over to guests. Come on. No, uh, no I was kidding. <laughs> oh, trying to pull us back on track. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just messing with you. Uh, so, yeah, I started collecting probably... Uh, about 12 years ago, I think. Uh, so okay. one of the things that I noticed, I used to, I had a super, my original Super Nintendo, my original Donkey Kong Country 3. Uh, I picked all of that up uh, when I was five. And I had played games throughout the years, but it got to a point where probably about midway through college, I figured I had disposable income in the form of student loans in the United States mm-hmm. and figured that money would be okay to use on video games. So <laughs> it, it was not long term. Wrong, son. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Uh, that's paid off, though. So, oh, yeah, I used, I, I purchased a few here and there, but I got into a habit of uh, pulling out, say, $100, and I would go to a, a flea market in the local area where we went to school, and I would pick up collections of anything I could super cheap. I would sell things that I knew I had to get rid of to make my money back, and I would just kind of build up my collection over time. So that went from. I had somewhere in the neighborhood of about 150 games about 12 years ago to now I'm sitting at roughly 2,000, not including the consoles and controllers oh and God. wires and everything else. Yeah. 
Jesus. Yeah, has actually. We did a test recording and he saw it. Yeah, yeah, I saw, I saw his, his shelf fall behind him. He's apparently he's got another room full of stuff. I need pictures of this. Yeah, definitely. Send oh, me all yeah. the pictures of this. What, what's the, the most chat? valuable part in your collection? Have you got something that stands out the most to you as being either the rarest or something that was very hard to come by? And can you also tell us your address and what time you leave for work? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I will tell you my address. Hold on. It is, Ryan, what's your address? <laughs> well, let me. I've got price charting open right now, actually, on my desktop. So I will load it up and I'll tell you exactly the most expensive game in the collection. And Amazing. I'll tell you how I, how I got those games. He so, knows every game, where he got it, and how much he paid. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's actually pretty sad. Uh, for the most part, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's kind of scary, actually. Okay, so oh wow, I didn't know that was that high. So my most valuable game I'm rich. collection. See you later. <laughs> Just fucking <laughs> <out>, right? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's great. Uh, yeah, so I'm sitting at 2,041 games. It looks like, and that's with consoles too. The most mm. expensive one in the collection is Kuwan on the PlayStation 2, and that's sitting at 500 right now, and not too far back, 62 cents less is Rule of Rose. So Kuwan, I actually picked up from when I worked at the game store. That game was sitting at maybe $30, $40 at the time, and I would work with the owner uh, before hours would start. Uh, He'd say, look, you know, I I can't pay you in cash for X amount of hours, uh, but if you want to, like, buff out games and do some stuff around the shop, I'll allow you to get some trade in the value of, say, $2 more than what you work. So it's like, okay, cool, I'll do that. And so Kuwan at the time was... 40 bucks and i used five hours worth of work to get kuan uh and then rule of rose is a funny story because that one i was looking for for the longest time and it was just i was randomly going to this flea market probably a few weeks before i was going to move out to arizona as a matter of fact and i just happened to be going around to this one table and this guy had maddens he had um fifa games just tons of need for speed games all this stuff and in the center of all those games was a copy of rule of rose and at the time was sitting at about 250 of 300 dollars. and wow. i will i am probably the biggest dick out there when i grabbed four games and said how much are these and he said uh i think they're 333 a piece and i said would you do four for ten? Oh my god oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, that- the, the business acumen's amazing. However, you must feel like an awful person. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, I'm already getting this game at a, a fraction of the cost, and I'm here trying to get the guy down to two fifty a game. It was pretty bad. And of course, I sold the need for speed and got my ten dollars back. Nice. Yeah. Well done. So yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Now so, uh, what- a really cool piece that we picked up recently. Uh, I picked up a Vectric system. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that one, uh, but we did an episode on that yeah. and uh, Ryan and I played the Vectrix and it's a standalone small arcade type console. It's a, uh, what do you call it? A convex uh, tube TV type thing. It's a monitor, right? Uh, so yeah. it's uh, essentially an arcade monitor for the home uh, that was released in the 80s and Ryan and I booted that up. Uh, God, what was it, Ryan? Probably like last year at some point when I picked it up and we had a blast. That was another just rare item that was picked up recently. I, I would say that's probably the rarest item in my collection in terms of like actual obscurity. Right, okay. That's really cool. I, lo- I love that stuff where it's like it may not be worth an absolute fortune, but the sheer like scarcity of them just makes it so much more valuable to you. Yeah, yeah it's a really cool piece. Uh, I'm going to try and buy a multi-card for that soon so we can play everything we can on it. It's fantastic. It's a great little yeah, piece. Definitely should <laughs> play everything. Yeah, I collect everything. It's pretty sad. 
No, it's amazing. I'm jealous, if anything. Uh, my like my wife would say otherwise. <laughs> Your wife would say otherwise, yeah. I bet. Brian, how, how about you? What's the most valuable thing you have collection-wise? Uh, probably the Kingdom Hearts PS4. We, uh, My wife, I told her she could get any edition of Kingdom Hearts 3 that she wanted, and she wanted the one that came with the console. And Wrong it's, move. It's cooler than the one that came with like the little... Uh, Toy Story figurine versions, I think. I think it was more bang for the dollar. But mm -hmm. they only made like 2,000 of them for the whole U.S. Oh, wow. So we couldn't get oh, one. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, we didn't get one. And then we went on our honeymoon to Japan, and we saw three of them, uh -huh. and my wife bought the first <laughs> one that we found. Jeez, no that's... The, the PlayStation 4s always look amazing. Mm -hmm. So, like, the 360s, when they started doing the slimmer models... yeah. You had like some cool ones, like I had the Halo Reach one, yeah, which I, I love. Yeah, the ODST one. You've obviously I got the Star, got Star Wars, Wars one, and I love one. that one. Yeah, but like the PlayStations, I feel like look better. So like the Death Stranding one, the Metal Gear Solid Five one, uh, the Kingdom Hearts one, just all these amazing versions. Like even the uh, the anniversary one, which was the clear blue. Mm. Did you see that? I don't think I, I saw think that. Just gorgeous. That. Yeah, yeah the, I think it was the anniversary PlayStation Four. Um, and it's just, they're just gorgeous. They look so good. But you, I can't warrant buying another PS4 because I've already got a PS4. Yeah, see, yeah. I have the slim got, one. So I figured, like, if we're going to get another one that's going to be the Kingdom Hearts one, at least it'll be a pro so that if I want to get PSVR, it'll run better. That is a very good point, actually. Wow, yeah, these are really nice, these clear ones. The PlayStation 4 is just like that. They just look amazing. I love the additions. Oh, the anniversary one's like great. Yeah. So, uh, oh, sorry. The anniversary one, sorry, is the... Yeah, it looks like the PlayStation 1 and the controller looks like the PlayStation oh, 1 Oh, I love that one. Uh, uh, PS4, what was it called? Uh, they uh, had the... Uh, blue edition. Wasn't it like... It wasn't an anniversary one. I think it was X amount of million units sold, wasn't it? Like 200... Yes, sorry. I yeah. think it was something like 500 million units. Yeah, and yeah, then they had... It was limited, and it's now... It runs like 800 US, I want to say, for one of yeah, those. Yeah, they are amazing. I, I just love the way PlayStation make their consoles like that. It's just amazing. Yeah, what, really So, nice. Harrison, what is your most valuable collectible? Uh, I've got... I want to say it's going to be the custom-made Majora's Mask. Yeah, probably. But it's probably... Yeah. Yeah, handmade Majora's Mask. Yeah, sheer, it cost me three months of my life making it. So, yeah, probably that. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. You made it yourself? Yeah, yeah, I did. I made it for my brother. Oh, that's crazy. Wait, so you made it for your brother, and now you have it? Uh, no, we, we live together. Oh, oh perfect. perfect. Okay. Yeah, so you get to enjoy, on the shelf you get to make your cake and eat it, too. Exactly. I get to look at it every day and sometimes carry it around and pretend that I'm the skull kid. <laughs> Don't bring up baking, for the love of I will, God. I won't bring Do up anything bring... about bread. <laughs> he said you've got you can have your cake, like make your cake and eat it too. Yeah, I was, I was like, like please don't say bake. <laughs> please don't say bake. <laughs> Harrison's been baking bread, as I'm sure everyone in the world is aware. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I was doing cakes at the beginning of the year. I got super into British Bake Off. Oh yeah, that's a great show. Noel Fielding though. Yeah, he's the best. Just person. The most wholesome man. Know, he really is. is. He looks like a crow. He does. He really does. <laughs> Sorry, right. I don't know why I got so excited. You did huh? about that. <laughs> You're right. His nose right. is a beak. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm trying to think of what mine is. So mine's probably going to be either. I'm trying to think actually because I sold a bunch of my stuff. Like I had um, copies of like Tomba for the PS One, which sold for quite a lot. 
Uh, I got rid of it because I just didn't need it anymore. And PlayStation 1 games get disc rot. Yeah, they do. Because they're CDs. Mm. They just die after a certain amount of time. So I had to get rid of it before it lost its value. Um, probably is either going to be my New Vegas 1 out of 7,000 edition with the platinum chip and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or... I don't know. I can't... I, I genuinely can't think. I, it's all in storage at the minute, so I can't even look around the room and check. Yeah, you just oh. moved house. Yeah, and look, well, if we, <laughs> it's not collectible. My gaming PC probably. Yeah, it's collectible to me. If you <laughs> sign it, it'll be a collectible one day. Exactly, it will be. Oh, thank. Yeah, that's so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> collectible. It's signed by a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> what would you guys actually recommend collecting? So, would you go for something like Always Buy? I've noticed that games like with horses in them, because uh, I remember looking through some lists, and I think there was like a Barbie, uh, anything to do with horses. Why, horse why is games. that a thing? I, it's true, though. Hey, if don't you judge it, my you Barbie like collection. Barbie horse something or another, it retains its value. But do you guys recommend going for things you enjoy? Like, I've got a lot of Fallout memorabilia. Um it's like Warhammer, I'm guessing, where it's like just collect what you think's the coolest, or do you just do you have a rule where you're like straight up buy this whenever you see it? Well, from doing uh, I, the podcast with John and doing all the inflation deflation challenge that we do every week, where we just play something in John's collection and we look up on price charting to see what it's going for right now, I've kind of tapered my thoughts to like if you want to collect something specifically then it's going to have a lot more value to you and be a lot more worth the money, especially if you're just trying to collect all of something. Like, we did a month where we did all Spider-Man games, and some of those Spider-Man games aren't really worth the money, and some of them are, you know. But if you want all the Spider-Man games, it kind of gets harder to tell, like, if you're paying what it's actually worth or if it's skewed for some reason like that, like... I guess collecting horse games would be expensive. Yeah, it really weirds me out the horse thing. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why that exists. Is it because like yeah. the Barbie name is on it? You know, like if you got something with the fucking Coca Cola on it or something like that, do you think that would hold its yeah. value because of like a brand recognition? It's it's like appealing to more than one games. type of collector. Yeah, I guess that is, it is a very good point. Yeah. I'd not thought about that. Hmm. What do you yeah, guys actually... use to value your games? I know, I know you said you were on a website then, because that was something I was really curious about when I first listened to your show. I was, Price chart. Obviously, I'm listening to it, and I was like, oh, how, how do they know the value of all these things? So uh, price charting is typically used... Um, they have a logarithm in there to be able to capture uh, eBay sales, Amazon sales, and uh, GameStop, and the average value based on that. And they use the most recent uh, sold listings on all of those applications right, uh, okay. to be so able to get the charting aggregate. Price is the website. <clears throat> yeah, so we use price charting, and they do have PAL games on there, so you would be able to uh, catalog yours. Although um, I don't know if you would have access. Uh, out across the pond for that one um there might be something over uh for you guys on that uh, i'm not sure if you're able to access it obviously uh and then VPN also it is if not you could uh the only issue though is with the pal region games is i don't believe it captures any sort of sales on like ebay uk for example i think it's only capturing within the u.s oh uh, okay yeah okay yeah i was hoping our listeners might like if you know if they're wondering about valuing some of their stuff they might be able to find a way like that well, there's uh, 
there's a couple other ones. There's Game Value Now is another one. I'm not sure if that one catalogs uh, you know, any PAL games. I don't use that one in yeah. particular. I've also used another one called VG Collect. And while that one doesn't necessarily do a, a good value uh, per se, it does have a really nice layout where you can have all of your games cataloged. Um, in kind of a library mm -hmm. setting. So it actually has all the covers set up. It has uh, the publisher, the date. You can edit it. So it's actually uh, open editing, uh, similar to like a Wikipedia, where anybody can put in information on the game. And yeah, I use that one on the side as well. So if price charting ever goes down, I could still technically go into my VG Collect and utilize that for my collection. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd specifically recommend buying then? So I so would I'd recommend not collecting. Yeah, it, I don't want competition. It's expensive. You shouldn't do it. You should just let me get all the games. Uh, okay, so <laughs> on a on a serious note, uh, to Ryan's point, uh, you know, collect something that is going to be memorable and you're going to like. So for me, I really like Donkey Kong. So I've got Donkey Kong posters. I have a Donkey Kong Super Nintendo box, uh, Donkey Kong games. I, I've got a lot of Donkey Kong stuff. So for me, that's something that I enjoy collecting, but also setting a goal for what you want to do. So maybe you like Donkey Kong, but you like a specific genre of games. So uh, one of my goals that I set out a long time ago that I've been kind of whittling away on is to pick up all of the PlayStation 1, 2, and 3 RPGs. Obviously, I'm going to be screwed because the PS4 is in existence and there's more RPGs, and I'll never play them in my <laughs> lifetime. But I've been picking up RPGs for quite a while, and that was my initial goal. I enjoyed the Final Fantasy series so much, and I wanted to expand on that type of game and say, okay, well, what else is out there uh, that I can enjoy? So the Sukaden games are a good example. I have thoroughly enjoyed both Sukaden games uh, that are out there. Well, all five Sukaden games, I've only played two, so I've enjoyed the first two. Okay. And that's a collection, that's a series that I've completed. I've already got all of them in play. They're sitting on my shelf ready to be played at any point. So I think setting goals, setting an understanding that it's not going to be cheap, and really just doing what you like. that That's kind of the end goal, right? Yeah. If you like collecting something, then do it. Yeah, if you see the games on the shelf as well, that's going to bring you some form of joy as well, isn't it? Like when you see all your Donkey Kong stuff. In, in terms of that RPG games, have you tried uh, Battle Chasers, which I mentioned on a few episodes back? Uh, no, I have not tried Battle Chasers yet. Highly recommend it. If you like your Final Fantasy RPG style things, it's a really nice twist on a different game style while working in classic RPG elements. It's called Night, uh, Night War. Battle Chasers Night, War, Night yeah. War, I think it's called. I, oh, I've seen I that quite a few times uh, on the Switch. Yeah, it's actually at a pretty affordable price. I think GameStop's had it for 15 or yeah, so. It's, it's on here. Game Pass. That's why I got it. It's just got a really nice uh, piece of artwork with the display pictures. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try it and see what it's like. And I've been playing it every morning for the past, like, three months. It's just really enjoyable, the combat system. It really is. You know, you mentioned... It sounds surprised that a video game's enjoyable. I know, no, it's just... <laughs> when I was surprised at how enjoyable it was, I didn't think it would capture my attention quite like it has. You know, one that we're playing right now, my wife and I, so... Uh, Ryan kind of has his whole thing where he has a certain game he plays, um, you know, on the side. So maybe he has something on his Vita or he has something on a PS4. Uh, I kind of have a similar process to where I've got a game I play with my wife uh, together. And then she has her own game and then I've got a game that I play separately. And so right now the game that the two of us are playing um, pretty consistently, uh, we're doing about 15 to 20 minutes a day of the uh, Ring Fit Adventures on the Switch, the workout oh, cool. game. Yeah, it looks great. It's actually, it, it's actually really good. I actually really want to play it. Yeah, I've actually lost a little weight, so is she. 
It's uh, <laughs> it's so it, you know that's probably the best game we could have purchased during a lockdown, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty enjoyable. So uh, that's we talk about it every now and then in the podcast now since I've got it, and yeah, we like it. So I highly recommend that one too. Awesome, I'll check Should it out. make like a week, like a month long, like vlog of it, and just say like we just started playing it, started out this way, ended up on this way, and stuff like that. I'd love to see that kind of progression through a video game. Well, uh, I can start logging now. <laughs> I'm a week into it. Do it, do it 10 dude. days, yeah. Start it. Because I just started playing... I, I've just set my vibe up again. I've started playing Half-Life Alex today. Oh, that's so fun. <laughs> it's, I've just started playing it, and I'm like... I'm blown away because it's the first AAA Vive game I've played, really. I've played, like, Virtual Recality, which isn't really a full game. It's just experiences. But even then, it's like... It's kind of warm in England now and has been for a while. So it's just like I'm constantly like sweating just because I'm stood up and like moving about and I'm not built for that kind of movement in heat. No, it's no. just not good. Too much beard. He's more beard than man now. I'm more beard than man. Oh, I can't. I get my hair cut in a week. Oh, Do you find so the excited. inside of the visor gets all like damp? Like I was over at my friend's using his to play Alex. And I take it off, and then somebody else wants to do some Beat Saber or something. They're like, what did you do in here? It's, like, soaked. <laughs> You're, like, wringing it out. <laughs> yeah. Face uh, yoga. It's not too bad. If you swap in between people, it does get worse. But luckily, it's kind of... It's cooled down a little bit. The other day, it was, like, what, 30 degrees Celsius? Yeah, 30, 30, that's, like... What ninety five Fahrenheit? I don't know. I'm pulling. Well, again, I'm pulling up the. Uh, yeah, I'm pulling up our our thing right now. So for I us, the like other day it was uh, forty. And say so, yeah, they live in the desert. Remember? Yeah, it's like yeah, but that that they're climatized. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm used to like twelve degrees C. <laughs> we're uh we're sitting at forty three or forty four degrees Celsius right now. Oh roughly. my god! Yeah. Don't forget that in the desert it's a dry heat in Arizona. Yeah, it? it's uh, it's actually yeah. not here. Bad. It was like hundred yeah. percent humidity because we've got thunderstorms yeah. as well. It's just like. This is like a game of tennis going back and forward with like, it's not that bad, but it, but is, it is that, that bad. bad. But it's not that bad. No, I mean, it's still bad. Like when, when I was out in Arizona, like we drove through Death Valley and it was the end of August and I stopped to get out the car and I was just like, oh, fucking what is this place? Like you just sweated instantly. It was like when you preheat an oven to put a pizza in and you open yeah. it and it's like dead hot on your face, but it was just like everywhere all at once that's that's pretty much <laughs> what it is yeah, yeah. Uh, open an oven and that's arizona heat for you yeah i think it was 115 in uh death valley when oh, we were there. Yeah. yeah that sounds about right i think they get as high as 120 out there ah nope yeah. it's not even this oh planet my God. Hey, that it, sounds awful it's actually great nine months out of a year it's the three months that you got to worry about yeah. yeah but you don't have to shovel heat you don't have to shovel heat yeah. <laughs> that's the big thing i've never i have never heard that before and i'm using that <laughs> that was so good dude you're well, well done oh wow uh, uh has is there anything you'd recommend collecting uh, recommend collecting I, i'd say basically anything that's personally anything that's kind of like anime oriented i've noticed that tends to have a higher price tag than anything massively Western. Yeah, there's a, it seems to be a high standard held with that sort of stuff, doesn't it? I, I think, yeah, I don't know why it is. I'm assuming it's just because there are certain releases in Asia that they get that we, we don't, or like American and English audiences, things like that, don't get. So they have to pay a premium to get mm -hmm. it imported. And I'd imagine that's why the price stays so high. Like, do you guys have any collectibles that are from japan or anything like what you said when you went 
did you pick up anything other than the PlayStation, like any other games that you brought back? Because I know a lot of them have different cover art and stuff, don't they? Yeah, so I got um, I got a few pretty, like, weeaboo collectible things while I was okay. there. And <laughs> you'd body be, pillow, yeah? Well, no, not, not a body <laughs> pillow, but some gaming stuff. Um, I got a uh, 20th anniversary uh, Game Boy Micro with the Famicom finish, the red and gold. We also got... Oh, nice. oh wow. Yeah, I got... Um, oh... How weeaboo do I want to get? I got a bunch <laughs> of just like weeaboo weird out, anime games there. Like I got uh, Girl Zoon Panzer for the Vita. Oh, I yeah. got, uh, if you guys are familiar with like manga or anime at all, there's a series Love Hina is like the first manga I ever got. And I just happened to see like a GBA game of that. So I just grabbed that just because it was cheap and there. I got... Um, okay. Can you play Me and my wife each got a few got. visual novel games because at the time, like, we had both taken some Japanese. I don't know any now. She still knows some. But I was like, you know, if I'm ever going to learn Japanese, if I get some games that I can play, that would be pretty cool. And yeah, then I got a yeah. Kantai That's Collection. a lot of people that learn... Did you say Hentai Collection or Kentai no, Collection? No, Kantai Collection. It's the, uh, it's the game with the girls that are boats. If you've seen that, they're like anime chicks, but they oh, also have yes. like parts and cannons. That. Yeah, not so, octopus arms. Crazy! It's the most Japanese thing I've ever seen. Oh yeah, it's. I have I have fucking no idea what you guys are talking. I don't know if I've just blacked out <laughs> and started having a dream. It's, it's super weird. I heard hentai but, and then something else. Yeah, it's super weird. But I got into that game for a little bit. You can do some crazy stuff in your. Uh, google chrome to like switch your region over and change your clock and get in through like some backdoor japanese website to be able to play it because it's a japanese only browser game is like the origin of it so i did that for a little bit it was kind of fun and then i stopped and then years later i find myself in japan and i was like oh cute they have like a collector's edition of the vita version of the game which was never released in the u.s so I picked that up so that I could get like the collector like little case that you can carry your Vita in with it and it came with like a few little figurines and stuff. So there's a whole different world of collectibles in Japan because they take such good care of them. You can get like near mint collectibles for like the price that they sold for new. And they're just oh, everywhere. Yeah, definitely. It's like, insane. Did you, did you go to Super Potato when you were there? In, um, oh, yeah. Akihabara. Yeah, yeah we went cool all shop. over. I'm trying to think. There was Super Potato and the other one was um, Mandarake. Is more like uh, physical collectibles and comics and, and memorabilia mm-hmm. like that. They do have games, but it's not like all games like Super Potato. But those are everywhere. So we kind of went in a bunch of those and shopped around and tons of stuff and like the prices that you're getting it for there is like way more reasonable than getting it imported plus you get a vacation out of it yeah exactly yeah you've got an excuse to go around touring around japan for a while i I still want to go to japan at some point yeah we're planning another trip at the moment i know after all this lockdown's done apparently they're giving nine month open visas to british passports so I think we're going to yeah, check it out, see what we can do. Cool. Okay, so I've got some quick fire questions. Okay, go for it, man. Ready. Okay, so each of you is going to have to provide me a very short answer for the question I'm going to give. So it's going to go uh, Ryan, John, Harrison. Okay, okay? perfect. 
We all ready? <laughs> yeah. Fire. So what? where do you guys get your collectibles? Uh, the store. <laughs> yes, nice. <laughs> I always get my stuff at GameStop, pretty much. Okay, and Harrison? Yeah, I get a lot of mine online, because there isn't really any game shops near me. I get a lot of mine from car boots, you know. Nice. Yeah, you get a lot of uh, Oh, sorry, there. flea markets uh, for you guys. Oh, okay. okay. Um, is there a specific reason why you started collecting? Uh, it was shiny, and I had enough money at the time. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's probably more on the nostalgia aspect. Uh, mine has always been that way. It's like my dad's always bought games, so it's very much just passed on that we've just kept collecting. I'm a massive fucking nerd. And I love video games. <laughs> That's a good enough reason as any. <laughs> Collectibles are cool as shit. Yeah, they are. Uh, how do you feel about emulators, ROMs, and homebrews? Yes, that's what I want to know. Uh, I've done a bunch of that throughout the years, and I've recently done a bunch hacking the SNES Classic and the PS Classic. And for the ease of access and the availability, like it's hard to say no. Yeah, I agree. Um, my view on it is, while I could see the legality issues on it, um, at the same time, if you own the game, it's not necessarily an issue. I mean, in my mind, because if you own it, you own it, you physically purchase it. The other thing being is there's so many secondhand games out there anyways, and so many illegitimate cartridges, uh, for example, on Super Nintendo and Genesis that exist. Yeah. I mean, you really can't stop it. Um, right. it's as long as you're not... So much. Yeah, I mean, as long as you're not profiting from it and you're using it for your own personal usage, I've never really saw an issue, but... Uh, yeah, I, I could see an issue if you're trying to sell the ROMs, obviously. Yeah, so you take yeah. it like the uh, the marijuana approach. It's okay if you have it yourself, but uh, <laughs> if you're dealing it to kids, personal it's an use. Issue. Personal use. <laughs> I mean, there I can see it mostly for like stuff that isn't available, but like, you know, if it's if it's available at like a reasonable cost, I it's hard to encourage. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the way to game collecting has gotten over the last few years, especially now, um, I mean, I've seen my collection go up thousands of dollars and just since all of the coronavirus stuff hit. Uh, so I would say yeah, something like a Panzer. Games. Yeah, exactly. So like Panzer Dragoon Saga sitting at in excess of $1,000 US. Like, I'm not going to pay $1,000 US for a game that's going to disc rot in three years. So yeah. to Jesus. emulate something like that would make sense. You but know, if, if you're not going to reservation, if you yeah. buy the like retro console or something. Well, yeah, and it's like if you're as a you know as Sega or Nintendo, if you're not going to re-release a game that's sitting at seven hundred, eight hundred dollars for a secondhand copy, and I want to play it, I'm going to emulate it. It would only make sense. Yeah, I completely, I completely agree. Mm, same. Uh, it's like it's about preservation. It's about ease of access. And it's just, yeah, who has 700 pounds or dollars to throw at something that they might just want to try? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Especially when you're in lockdown I'm not and not condoning working. it. Yeah, I'm not condoning it, but at the same time, I'm not not condoning <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> we'll all do a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just delete that... this whole section of the episode. Yeah, I'll chop this out, don't worry. Although, shit, yeah. Craig's Never. recording. It's already on the internet. <laughs> no! <laughs> Is there anything anyone refuses to collect? Oh man, Barbie, uh, ho yeah. Barbie horses. I I refuse to <laughs> Barbie horse games. <laughs> Barbie horse games. I I refuse to support uh, DC and any of its media franchises. Get off of the podcast now! <laughs> wow, you don't like Batman? 
Get out of here. Harsh words. I, I just, I don't well, like, I'm not going to go see any of the DC movies, and I guess I wouldn't buy any of the DC games either. Not that I ever have, like, this is the first time I'm deciding this stance, but it rings true to me, so I'm going to Wow, this it. is like a burrito <laughs> exclusive. Uh, yeah, <laughs> breaking news, breaking burrito news. <laughs> also, he actually does love DC, he's just saying it just so, to be like, nah, fuck just DC. Just make a bit of drama, also, just uh, beef. <laughs> also a burrito exclusive. Yeah. yeah, so I'm looking for a new podcast host if anybody's uh, you know interested in, in taking part in this burrito exclusive again. Uh, I would say for me, uh, refusing to collect would be anything that is just astronomical prices. So I'm not paying you know a hundred dollars for a copy of Color a Dinosaur on the NES. You know, I, I'm there's certain things I will steer away from. I'm not going to look for a little Samson or a Flintstone Dinosaur Peak or whatever it may be. Uh, the prices are just absurd. I'm not willing to pay that um, unless mm-hmm. it's an RPG. In that case, I'm more willing to pay it. Then you're going to pay it, yeah. Then I'm going to pay it. And then I'll pay anything. <laughs> yeah, Give I'll, me the RPGs. Here's my arm. <laughs> I think by the look of my collection, though, I, I almost refuse to collect Mario games. I don't know why. I don't know if it's like... There's too many mustaches in my house. I can't tolerate that much lip fuzz in my house. (laughs) (laughs) It's too scratchy. scratchy all around the place. Harrison refuses to kiss another man because it's like Velcro. It's a bit stuck together. It's a bit stuck. It was a one time, (laughs) never again. (laughs) (laughs) My last question, just because I'm aware that Harrison has prior engagements tonight, is what does your significant other think about your video game collecting? Oh, man. So... Usually, I kind of just get away with it, but I don't buy games very often. I, I scrape by. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I'm not a huge collector, so I don't need that many games. I only need, like, whatever I'm playing at the moment, really. Yeah. And, I mean, John has all the games in the world, so I don't really have to worry about that problem anymore. I can just deal with John's I like- problem. <laughs> I like the thought that John's missus doesn't actually know that he collects games. And it's like that episode of Friends when Monica's got that cupboard that no one's allowed to open. And it's just fucking full of games. Every time it finally opens it, it's just pouring out. Yeah, what's what's behind this door? Nothing. Don't enter that door. Uh, So my significant other, uh, she got it. Like, I started collecting prior to us dating. Uh, So she's always known me as somebody that's going on and collecting games. So pretty frequently, she'd see me going to flea markets and picking things up to to offset costs of (laughs) buying. So she kind of fell in love with a hoarder. I mean, collector. Um, (laughs) Now, in terms of overall thoughts on her, uh, she actually does play games as well, so she has a running list of franchises that she's playing. So she, uh, as of today, I think she's close to it. She's in the final chapters of God of War Ascension on the uh, PlayStation 3. Oh, cool. So she's, I think, on Final Fantasy 6 now. She's playing in chronological order all the Final Fantasy games. Oh, uh, no, so, wait, wait. oh my God. Uh, well yeah, so Seven, 700 years later. Yeah, right. So for, for her, she's she'll walk into the room. It's kind of like a library. It's what do I want to mm-hmm. play today? And she just kind of pinpoints on the shelf. She'll ask me of any games that I think are of interest uh, that she might like. And yeah, so that's pretty much what she does. So she has a game that she's playing all the time, whether it's an RPG or an action game or whatever. Maybe she's got something on the side that she plays. That's really cool, man. It's nice that she's got a personal library. <laughs> well, it's my library. She just goes through it. Yeah. yeah. Does all she have like a rental drawn. card? I just want to clarify. Yeah, yeah. It's there, my life, there's, right? a, there's a prenup and everything else. It's already set. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it definitely is. That. In the case of divorce, I take all of the games. You can have the house. It's fine. 
Yeah. And Harrison, what are, what are you what are your feelings? What are my feelings? I mean, my girlfriend loves games as well. She toured around all the different shops in Japan with games for me and she loves all the collectibles that we've got and she's got plenty herself. Like her room is full of well, she's got a place she's a PlayStation player, I'm an Xbox player and Switch and all the other Nintendo stuff. Uh so between us we've got quite a hefty collection of choices. So we're we're both absolutely a fine with it. Thick collection. It's thick with two C's. <laughs> Thick with seven, seven C's. C's. <laughs> Thick. Stu would be proud. <laughs> right then. And I think that is basically all we have time for today. Thank you so much for coming on today, guys. Yeah, dude. Thank you. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, and yeah, some really interesting insights. I didn't even think about some of this stuff. No, no. Uh, we do have um, to give a quick yeah. weekly recommend, by the way, at the end of the show. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> Harrison, you go okay, first. I'm going to recommend that weird fucking show that you showed me called. Was it Smiling Friends? Oh, you can't take my... Oh, man, I recommended that to you. Well, yeah, but that, you didn't have one for this episode, so that's fine. Damn it. It's fair yeah, game. Okay, that's fine. Harrison, yes. It's called Smiling Friends. Uh, it has someone from Red Letter Media in it. It does. It's got uh, some stuff done by Chris O'Neill, mm-hmm. or O'Neill-NG, and it has the voice of Psychic Pebbles in it. It does, yeah. It's fucking hilarious. It's like just less weird than Salad Fingers. Yeah, just a slightly less. less creepy. Okay. Yeah, it's fucking good though. Yeah. Grab it now! <laughs> Grab it now! <laughs> yeah, what about you guys? You got anything to recommend? Uh, uh, I would recommend right oh. now... Uh, okay, crossover. Uh, I'd recommend Vikings. <laughs> okay, the series. If, if you haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah, the series of Vikings, yeah. Sick, awesome. And what about right. you? Being a game podcast, I will recommend a game. I will recommend Swindle. I don't know okay. what it's available on. I've been playing it on Vita. It's a roguelite stealth uh, like robber game where you break into houses and collect money and you've only got like a hundred missions to beat the game. Right, weird. I've never even heard of it. It's pretty interesting. Uh, what Ryan meant that to say, cool. he meant to say uh, the Game Deflators podcast. Yes, oh. obviously. obviously. Yes. Oh, yes. God. Speaking of which, guys, would you like to plug where our listeners can find you? Uh, everywhere so you can find us on spotify apple podcasts iHeartRadio, um pod chaser i think has us on there as well yeah. um really anywhere a podcast is found and if we're not on there uh, you can visit thegamedeflators.com. we've got a nice form on there and you can tell us you're not on that podcast application get on there and we'll try to be on there awesome there we go and yeah everywhere Perfect. at the game deflators except for twitter which doesn't like the word the i believe Exactly. Yes, that's correct. You see avid listeners right here. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. And Jordan, tell the listeners where we can find where they can find us and all that shit. At Grief Burrito everywhere. everywhere. If you can think about it being somewhere, we'll, we'll be, there. be there. Literally corner shop outside your window. Watch out, baby, I'm in your chimney. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Santa Claus, just longer and yeah, thinner. Just creepier coming after your games. <laughs> And please, guys, leave everyone a five-star review. You leave these guys a six-star review if you're feeling up to it. And we'll see you on the next episode of Grief Burrito. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Should I stop my recording now?